six pack clap of that. And this time we have Joe Whiteley, my co-commentator for Worlds, Sheffield, a um, couple times on the podcast already, writer for R Bend, done some articles for King of the Lifts. You've also also contributed for open powerlifting, freaking uh athlete. You've done it all, right? What, what are you what have you not done? Yeah, is that easier to start there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's it's busy at the moment. It's really busy. A lot of the um, I'm getting more writing work, which is brilliant. Um, so I can bring more sort of European and IPF focus to some of the uh, writing that's out there, which is fantastic. But um, I do have a full time job, so it's hard to do everything uh, alongside it. Um, Crazy, and... you have a full time job. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to figure that out if I can write enough. Um, but it's a balance, isn't it? Because I can't write enough because I'm at work. But I mm. can't quit my job because I can't write enough. So it's a it's a difficult thing. I'm just trying to work through at the minute to try and um, write more and write more. And it, it feels like it's a it's a good contribution to powerlifting as well. Sort of laying a foundation of sports writing about um, mainly IPF powerlifting. I write about other things, but mainly IPF powerlifting. I mean, as a I love that Barben got you because uh, first off, you you're you're a great writer and obviously you're extremely knowledgeable so barbend's content in terms of powerlifting i mean you're you're literally a part of open powerlifting you know all the stats um like previously mentioned you're commentating at the world championships you're commentating at sheffield uh probably commentating elsewhere so you got your hand on the pulse also working social media for the ipf i forgot to add yeah. that to your resume <laughs> so in terms of like knowing what's going on in powerlifting you know what's going on you so you're yeah that's the perfect person person to have but people um people say you've got a, an encyclopedic memory or knowledge of powerlifting but uh, i was there i commentated on it i wrote about it afterwards i put the results up on open powerlifting so it, it you know it's it's part of your life experience rather than just some numbers that you've seen i remember them doing it i remember him missing that squat so if you're there in person and it's live and so exciting it stays with you yeah i i often get the same thing where I mean, it's a lot of people know the weight classes that they're in, but when you've commentated all of the weight classes at Worlds <laughs> um, and you've done like podcasts with people and heard all their stories, when somebody comes up in a certain weight class, you've got like all this, all this backlogged knowledge. Yeah, and I remember you. I remember you last year. I remember you from it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or you've done enough preview shows and you're like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen enough stats. <laughs> I've heard enough names. It's all, it helps. Um, but yeah, today we're going to do... And we're, we're got a couple topics, not just Junior Worlds focused. We'll get into that in a second. But this will be the Junior Women's preview show. Uh, we'll touch up on the equipped and sub-juniors at the end. And this time, we're going to do highlights. So previous shows, we did division by division, all of the top contenders. You know, we touch up one through five, maybe even six or seven and give our picks for gold, silver, bronze. This preview show, we're touching up on the highlights. So when we enter into a division, we're going to either give you one lifter we're highlighting to pay attention to, or a battle we want you to pay attention to. And we'll mention the top nominations, but we're not breaking down every single nomination, um, nor are we giving our gold, silver, bronze picks. This is going to be a highlights preview show. So we're going to be moving at a quicker clip. Just so everybody like can. A, 
I think there were 200 um, classic lifters, classic women uh, nominated, and another 100 and something equipped. So there's a lot to get through. There's a lot to get through. And there's and there's not a lot of time, as we already said. We're we're a little pressed for time. So we want to get a show. A show had to go out. There's no question about that. But um, the detail of the show, let, let's focus on certain things and kill it, as opposed to try to spread ourselves thin and not do it justice. Uh, but you had a, an item off the top you want to talk about. Yeah, I, I did. Um, we've had, um, as, as you said, I, I, I'm part of the open powerlifting team. Um, we've been around for a while now. And I think most people have seen the site. Probably most people don't know how few people are behind it. There's like a handful of people trying to catalog the entire world of powerlifting. Now, we've put some messages up on our Instagram today, um, basically just saying that, really, we're, we're going to fail soon. The workload is too high already. We are disappointing people. We're getting a lot of frustrated messages into people saying, you know, it's been six weeks. Why is my competition still not there? Or even more so, people who tell us that their federation depend on the results being on open powerlifting for them to get a place in a competition or their record. And I really feel that that is an unfair pressure put on us by those federations. It's not the lifters' fault. The lifters trying to do everything right. Um, but we're not getting support from those federations, but they are relying on us, a volunteer organisation who cannot guarantee uh, a service level. You know, we're not a commercial organisation. We're not charging people um, a service fee. Um, but lifters are missing out because their results aren't on open powerlifting. And as soon as we hear that, we, you know, we try and we try and fix it up. But the fact is, there aren't enough of us, and there's too many people out there. There are so many American federations. There are so many lifters in America, and I think we have three contributors from America. CPU is huge. Canada's full of the nicest, most community spirited people I've ever met. Not one contributor from CPU from Canada. And it's the, the the workload and the burden is too much and we can't do it anymore. So we're going to be introducing a new way of working in that if the Federation can get easy results to us, then we can get them up. If we're getting 36 page PDFs with a load of formatting in, we're just not going to do it because we can't. So. If you're one of the people whose Federation's results aren't on open powerlifting, it's because we don't have a volunteer and the results aren't easy for us. Um, and a lot of the uh, IPF federations in Eastern Europe, the Polish Fed, the Czech Fed, um, BVDK in particular, the German Federation, they produce these vast PDFs that they've done beautiful formatting and headers, and we just can't use it. It's impossible. It takes hours to get one of those into a format where it's just lines of data uh, on a spreadsheet. So we need federations to work with us. But last time I came on the podcast to talk about open powerlifting, we had uh, a bunch of people volunteer, which is brilliant. But I don't think a single one stuck um, because... It's hard and it's boring and no one will say thank you for it. You know, it is, at the end of the day, it's not exciting work. It's not glamorous and you don't get anything for doing it. So people find that they don't want to give up their free time to contribute. But if you're one of the people that's emailing the project saying, my results are important to me, then I would challenge you to be the person that gets them up there. Um, it's 
the other reason we were hard to help the first time around was because the process was difficult and you had to download software. And I think a lot of people fell at that hurdle. At the point where you're having to download unfamiliar software alone a whole bunch of stuff, it was too hard. But there's been an update on the platform we use. And I believe anyone can do it now just based on a browser. You don't have to download any software. You can do it all within a simple web browser and upload your meet and, and get that in. And we have a little web tool as well for you to check through and make sure it's all working right. So if you volunteered before to open powerlifting and for whatever reason it was too hard and you didn't stick around, please come and talk to us again. Uh, we've got a new process. We think we think you can do it. A couple of people recently have got really frustrated with us and thrown themselves at the uh, the process. And we've got, I think, two or three people that have got um, merge requests, meet, uh, meet uploads over the line using this new process. And I, I think I think we can get people working much better on that basis. Because, of course, it's hard. Suddenly there's 20 people volunteering and they're really excited and they want to help. But we still only have this, the same spare time we ever had. We've still all got full-time jobs and we do all the rest. So I think a lot of people got frustrated because they didn't get enough help to help us. So mm. that is something we have to overcome as a project and to really make sure we uh, give those new people the time. And we've got better documentation. We've got a better process. I think we're easier to help. But the simple fact is, if your federation produces results we can't use, we can't get them up. And if you can help us get those results, either by getting the Federation to send us the spreadsheet, nothing more frustrating, to be honest, than someone using OpenLifter, which has a big button there saying export for open powerlifting. And they don't do that. They make a PDF and they put it on the on the website. Well, like, well you might as well have just set fire to it. It's, it's no use to us now. But you have the information there, but you've just not sent it to us. It's so frustrating. So anyway... If you tried to help before and it was too hard, come and help us again. Um, it's going to be easy this time, uh, I promise. Put pressure on your Fed to send us results that we can use. And, and yeah, that's the thing, really. It's easier to learn now. So anyone can upload um, your meet results to Open Powerlifting. Come and ask us, Cal. Issues at openpowerlifting.org. I wonder, too, if there's some kind of way a federation like the CPU can put in some kind of policy where meet directors automatically, you just do it at the end. That's just part of running a meet is you just send in. And if it just becomes it be part great. of it, if, if every meet director just fires it off in an Excel, that's just part of running a meet. Not one person yeah. having to do the entire nation, but one meet director just having their two days over the weekend, just, Hey, when you're done, send that sheet off. That's it. Yep. That is many hands make light work of, of something big. And, and I this think is... what, what also is not well understood is that federations don't work with us by and large, with some exceptions. Um, federations don't have any part in it. They don't talk to us. Um, so this is all lifters on the ground who have taken it upon themselves to upload and look after the data for that country. So anyone could do it. You don't have to be appointed by your federation. Largely, federation won't notice or know. That you're doing it um it's the lifters that care about the results being up there much more than the feds i'll um i'll reach out to a couple people myself on my end that i know and maybe we can help out in yeah, terms I've, of the federation I've been, the, I've been running the scripts for cpu myself but i am out of capacity i cannot do it yeah. anymore so i've been keeping cpu up to date but as of 
um, about two or three months ago. I, I just can't do it. Um, absolutely out of capacity. More than just CPU too, but we'll we'll work in the background with some of that. Okay. Maybe we could get some bridges created for some of these federations. Uh, just to lighten the load because it's needed. We having a database, really we can't take this for granted how amazing it is to just hop in there for crunching stats for all of it. Having an open database like this, can't take it for granted. And if we could just get some of these feds aligned where they're mm -hmm. like, look it, look it, just put policy in where your people send over their meat, the meat directors send over the results on spreadsheets. So some federations have um, highly structured results. So USAPL, Pilot in America, they have their, their database is great. We can pull directly from them. So we don't have to worry. People always say, why is um, USAPL up for anything else? Well, A, we have a volunteer for that federation. And B, the, the results are easy. We can just suck those in and get them up. Um, so that's, that's a, a big complaint we have that we don't add things in in the order that people would expect. Um, but if it's easy, it'll get done really quickly. And if it's hard, it might not get done at all. Yeah. And that's the sad truth when you've got a volunteer organisation. I don't have any staff that I can tell to do it. People do what they want to do. And if they don't want to look at a 36-page PDF, you can't blame them. That's something that anyone listening can do if, if you want to volunteer and help, is get the right people in place in your federation that can start moving forward some policy where if you're a meat director, you just send it off. That's what you do as part Especially of if your federation is relying on open powerlifting for their records, which isn't how it should be, really, because we cannot guarantee any sort of level of service. So I think federations should be keeping their own records and not be relying on us to do the work in a timely manner. But if they can supply us someone that will just upload their meets directly, we can have those done. If someone can figure out how to submit a merge request with the um, data formatted, um, and that information is on our site, then I will turn that around in 24 hours because just reviewing the work and approving it is so quick. I could do that in five minutes. Every morning before work, I get up and I look at whatever, what merge requests have come in and I, I put those in and I um, triage some of the queries that have come in and do the easy answers. So, yeah, pretty much in 24 hours, you can get your meet results up if you figure out how to submit a merge request to the project. First off, let me just say, God bless you. Wake up every morning before you go to your actual job just to do that kind of work, just crunching data to put in. Every morning I wake up and I just start working on this. It's like, frig, man. It's... it's I just do a bit of triage just so because the issues come in and sometimes they need an additional question. So I fire those off. I tag them with what sort of query it is um, and answer the easy ones. Basically, that's my that's my early morning. Most days. Well, you're doing a great job. Hats off uh, to you. you. We'll do we'll do the same call out for the men's preview show. Uh, but yeah, because it's important. But getting into it for the women's preview. So we'll start okay. off like we normally do at the lightest weight class and uh, we'll work our way up the weight classes and we're going to do a brief highlights again in the juniors and sub juniors there is the 43 kilo class now this class is not featured in the open so if you haven't heard these preview shows or watched the junior worlds you're not going to be used to hearing about these but this year it's italy philippines and georgia in the one two and three and it looks fairly straightforward in terms of what we can anticipate sarah 
Kiar Vino of sorry, go ahead. Uh sorry, it's her first international though. So that is a total that she, that 316.5 is a total she put up at home. She's not been away to lift before. Um and she's not far from home, it's Romania. Romania's not a million miles away from Italy. Um, but I think untested on the international stage. Do you know much about Veronica of the Philippines? No, but um, there's also Jessa May Tabuan in the 47 kilo class, and they're both lifting equipped as well. And I think Jessie May is nominated in first in the equipped. I think Veronica is as well. So they're making the most of their trip to Europe. They're uh, getting an equipped uh, competition in as well as the raw. But that's hard to do. And I don't know how many days there would be between them, but I think there's three or four days of equipped and then it moves into the classic. So it's going to be a hard ask for those girls to lift equipped and then come straight into the classic a few days later. And equipped takes a toll on you. It really does. Um, but, you know, they're maximizing their trip to Europe. You, you have to admire that. What, what else? Veronica, 10 kilos ahead on the nominations over Miriam from Georgia. That 10 kilo spread could be mitigated if she's a little roughed up by the time the classic rolls around. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just looking at her quick numbers. She's got a 377.5 equipped total. She was a 2021 junior world champion in the equipped. And I was right as well, both the ladies from the Philippines are nominated in first place in the equipped. Um, yeah, they've both been out to Worlds before, um, but we haven't seen them for a couple of years, so it's good to see them back on the platform. Haven't seen either of them with Classic, if I'm honest. And Kazakhstan and Mexico also represented in the 43s. Obviously, once these juniors complete their junior runs, they're going to have to move up to the 47s. And speaking of the 47s, uh, another Italian number one nomination, Marta Scuderi, has a sizable lead, nominated with 342.5. But if you do a little bit of investigating on Marta, she has hit 350 previously. Um, definitely a, a strong candidate for the gold medal. I don't think her fellow Italian, yeah, Martina so. Fortuna, is going to catch up. Yeah, she's quite yeah. a bit ahead. Now, it's more of a question at 21 years old. She's still got some room to grow in the juniors. How far can she push her total? She's at 350, and she's very rarely gone nine for nine. She usually misses, as of late anyways, missing her third attempts. If she can go nine for nine and push that 350 now into the late 300s, and she's got a couple more years in the juniors, by the time she leaves the juniors, we'll see what she's cooking with. Here's the problem. The 47s, when you look at the open class world championships, Aurélie from Canada, Heather Connor, um, obviously Jessica Espinal, and then Turbo Tiff at the top, it's 400 kilos and up on that podium. It's going to be more than 400 kilos and up now. You know, 400 kilos is, I don't want to say nothing, but it's starting to get, you crack the top five with 400 kilos as a 47, which is incredible. There's, of course, Aurelie won this class uh, last year, but she, so she was um, out at Malta only one year out of the juniors. Right. In an Sorry. absolutely monstrous deadlift in Aurelie, but these juniors can add so many kilos, especially when they're lighter weight classes too, if they have a little bit of room to grow. We'll pay attention to Marta Scuderi from Italy. In Italy, I'll get into a little bit of stats at the end of the show, but 
the Italians very well represented in the junior women's class. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about some of those nominations, et cetera. Moving into the 52s. Now, the 52s, we got ourselves what looks like a good battle, but there's some question marks around this. Yeah, Defending I think so, world because... champion. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was uh, sorry. I was going to say um, because Joya lifted um, last month. Did you spot that? She lifted at the Arab yes. Cup, and That's she right. put up four twenty-five. Sorry if I've just um, interrupted what you were about to say. No worries. No. Um, um, so yeah, the, Camille the, won the... last year, and Joya was uh, right behind her. But with Joya competing a month ago, and she put up four twenty-five, I'm not sure Here's how that one's going to go. Here's the caveat. Here's a caveat. Joya has been competing around 55 kilos. Last year at the World Championships, right. the Junior Worlds, she was a 57, now a small 57. Again, she's walking around around 50 point something kilos, depending on the competition you look up. But that's where her body weight usually rests. Cutting to 52 kilos, you know, three kilos doesn't sound like a lot, but percentage of body weight, it's nothing to yeah, scoff definitely. at. Now, Cami coming in with a nominated and Kami a defending world champion, no less. So mm -hmm. she's used to the world standard. She's used to the pressure. She's used, she's used to showdowns and, and Kami's been there and, and showed up and put in the work and, and won world titles. Kami coming in with a nominated four ten point five, not entirely accurate. She was at silent worker meet, put up four twenty ah. went nine for nine and was a legitimate 52 putting up four twenty going nine for nine. Okay. Cammy, obviously from France, a powerlifting nation. So she is coming in with a smaller total that she's hit, but as a 52 and also shown the capacity to win a world title under strict judging. Joya, bigger, stronger, but can she retain mm -hmm. that strength while dropping down? And she has on her nominations, and I don't know where this is coming from, 437.5, which is monstrous for a 52 but put an asterisk on that because when you do your research into it, you're not going to find that on meat results. Uh, what was her body weight? Are these gym lifts? What are we looking at there? There are asterisks on that. However, nobody is going to question joyous top end strength. It's going to be very interesting how this all runs out on the day. And if you look at Joya and do a little research as well, 55 kilo, she shredded. I don't know where this body weight is going to, it's going to be water. It's going to have to be water in three kilos of water. We're talking six to seven pounds. It's doable. Look, we, there are people who can pull it off and do it. And there's people like Evie Corrigan who've actually dropped to 52 and did amazing. So I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just, there's question marks around it, which makes it more exciting, which makes it, it'll make it fun when you tune in. Cause you don't know what to expect. I do think it's going to be a battle. Um, and that's why nominations can be misleading. Right. Is it the most recent nomination? Was it her? Was that her best work? Did she have a bad day when she put up that nomination? Uh, you're looking at that. You see, Joya is 27 kilos ahead. You think it's game over, but right. especially with juniors because they all improve so quickly. Well, here's another thing. Cami is relatively new to the sport as well, uh, making fast gains, and she hits. I mean, she went nine for nine at Silent Worker. She she can put yeah. together, she can piece together those nine for nine days. For some people, the nine for nine is a unicorn. You know, we're talking if, if Marta goes nine for nine, she could have a massive total. But we we have someone like Cammy who's done it and, and won world titles before. So 
We'll see. And that's the 52s. Um, I will rattle off the nominations here before we move along because Italy also represented in the 52s with a top three nomination in Cosmiana, Montenero, Montenero, sorry if I'm butchering names here, and Canada with 352.5, Joy Edrain. And if I'm butchering a name, Joy, and you are, uh, I'm calling you Joy now. If I, Joe, and, and you know the name and you think you could pronounce it better, by all means, hop in and uh, get the correction. Yeah, in I, I, I will. But um, it's worth saying yeah. as well that if we're, if you know we're going to commentate on you at the uh, an upcoming competition and you have a difficult to pronounce name, send me a voice note. I would welcome voice notes from uh, anyone who I'm about to say their name for the first time live on air. I do my best to get in the warm-up room and try to get all the pronunciations, but can't catch some everyone. People, yeah, so that's it. You got limited time. Some people are stitched too elusive. You miss them, and then you're like, "Well, let's do our best guess." And also, um, sometimes when someone's right in the zone, you don't want to go up and start talking to him about what his name is. Well, there's also that. There's also yeah. that. And sometimes the head coaches don't even look like they're overly approachable in the moment. And that's fine. It's game day. I understand that. Moving into the 57s. And and what are you thinking here, Joe? Yeah. So this was uh, Mayara De Silva last year. She won in spectacular style in Turkey. But she's gone up now. She's in the seniors now. Um, she Did she get the silver in Malta? Um. I, can't I, I believe she got the bronze because it's the 57. Bronze, so that okay. was between Natalie Richards and Jad yeah, Jacob. Jad Jacob. So right. bronze medal, but a bronze medal first year at the juniors is, is phenomenal. Um, but that leaves us with uh, an open spot. So we've got two of your compatriots there, Ryan, two Canadians in the top spots, Kelly Chong, Tori Lapierre Carrière, and they are nominated at exactly the same, 427.5. That was from Canadian Nationals, um, and Kelly won on body weight. Bigger deadlifter, bigger deadlifter always has the power. So they're quite evenly matched on squat, and Tori has the bigger bench. But if you're coming in with a bigger deadlift, you can just see what the other person did and put on the right number, which is always such a great power to have. So I haven't, um, I don't know how training's going for either of them, but that should be a good rematch, I think. Um, I don't know if you've got anything to say about how training is going for any of them. Um, you know, I'm I'm not. I haven't seen enough to ma draw major conclusions. I would be I would be overall guessing as well. I mean, I've I've paid attention, but it's not enough. To, not it's enough data close. points for me to be confident. Yeah, yeah it, it's it, what I will say is Tori has been known for her bench press. Um, mm -hmm. She's been working to get like her bench press ready in terms of the bench rule. But the thing is, so while Tori has on the nominations, a 22.5 kilo jump on the bench press, which is sizable. A 20 kilo jump for Chung on the deadlift. And if I'm mm -hmm. looking at this and you're going to ask me if you're going to travel to the other side of the world and compete under the strict judging and all the different infractions you can face on the bench press, whereas in the deadlift, you just have a down command, mm -hmm. which one I'm more comfortable with in terms of my betting like yourself, yeah, I'll probably right. go the deadlifter. And like you said, oh, by the way, Chung gets to do gets to lift last. So she knows exactly what the load up has fewer variables on her better weapon. So they both have weapons. Their squat, we're talking 155 compared to 152.5. Very similar on squat. Where they really start to spread apart and become their own lifter is in the bench press and the deadlift mm -hmm. event. Of the two, I think the deadlift is more reliable for all the reasons we just said. But 
it is extremely close. 427.5 for both of these Canadians. Canada looking like a sizable one-two punch because they got a 10-kilo spread on the Swede. Um, well, then we do, I say the Swede does, yeah, on three different lifters. Yeah. <laughs> a run of lifters there that are all on 417 and a half. Ida Teresa Lindbergh, she's not been posting her training much. I don't know where she is, but it's always an emotional performance when she comes out. Uh, she always gives it absolutely everything, and that deadlift has been creeping up a long way. Julia Grecki, Italy, on the same total. Uh, she's gone up from the 52s, so she's packing weight on now. So she might well have added quite a bit to her lift going up weight class. And then um, Helena Mariella Decker, um, she was fourth in this class last year. Uh, she's on the same. And then if you go a bit further back, there's another spread of about five lifters on roughly the same total. So I think this one is going to be running battles all the way down the line. Yeah, I'm interested in it, uh, Julia from Italy, nominated in fourth. But like you said, moving up from the 52s, mm -hmm. she had a 185 deadlift in the 52s. She's got a monster deadlift as a 52. What she puts up as a 57, I have no idea, but that deadlift can really gain some ground on her. And this is where when some of these ladies move up from a weight class, their nominations can be a little bit deceiving. And we don't have a lot of data points Absolutely. in their new weight class. Even if they did a qualifying meet in the new weight class, they can do a how you like me now moment at the world championships and really surprise people. Um, and with three lifters all coming in with the same nominated total, just nestling around that podium, we could have some shakeups. We could have some. Yeah, shakeups. I think that would be really. That's going to be a great um, session to watch. Uh, a really good thing. Moving so into we've the got the oh, 63s. Sorry, go <laughs> yeah, moving into the 63s, and from France, Ludovin. Ludovin, do you think that's proper pronunciation? Delos. Delos, I think so. Okay, yeah. Last year, Samantha Eugenie took the world title with Alba Bolstrom coming in silver and Ludovin taking the bronze medal. This year, Ludovin coming in as his number one nomination looks to have improved greatly. If we look at her nominated squat of 195, as I'm doing my scouting, she hit a very smooth 190, but I really noticed her 97.5 nominated bench, I've seen her take 100 pounds smooth and easy in prep. Her 200 kilos nominated deadlift, I've seen her hit that smooth and easy as well. Um, so, so you when you compare, she'll be a long way up. Yeah. I mean, the way she's moving 200 kilos in prep compared to that being a PR on the platform, the way she's moving 100 kilos on bench compared to her, and it was smooth and easy compared mm. to 97.5, her numbers are definitely going up. Um, and well, she's I'm interested already in up. that squat um, because the world record is 184. It's her world record at 184, and she's nominated 195. Judging by the way she hit the 190 in prep for this, that world record is getting taken. Obviously, she's going to look for a chip, so it'll be 190.5. Yep. She's hit 195 previously. She'll, who knows if she's going to take that squat? Yeah, it depends on the day. Um, I don't think she's got any major cut coming up, so... It'll be interesting. However, Alba Bolstrom. So she's coming in with a nominated 477.5. And Alba, despite being a junior, is a veteran of the game. She does coaching, she's been competing for quite some time, coached by Joey Flex. But that 477.5 is going to be deceiving. Doing a little bit of research on her, you'll look at the nominations. Her bench significantly went down to 105. In prep, however, 
making the proper adjustments to new the bench rule. And some of these people got hit with the bench rule and it initially really took a major strike onto the bench press yeah. and they lost, lost a lot of kilos. Elba, in prep anyways, hit a smooth 117.5. Now that would put her as the biggest bencher of the pack in the 63s and add tons of kilos just on the bench press alone. Again, the bench press has a lot of variables that come come with it. There are so many different infractions you can have now. It's a volatile press I get of, of all the lifts for sure. But it was very smooth. And even her other lifts, for instance, a PR previously in squat was 171.5. Back in May, she's got video of her doubling 180. So we're talking almost 10 kilos more than her platform best for a double. Words are single at, I'm not sure, but it's probably going to be upwards around where Ludovin's going to hit. Back in April, a PR, her previous PR on the platform deadlift was 200.5 kilos. I seen an April video, she's deadlifting 210. Wow. So we're talking, and this is April. Now she has been posting as much lately, and some people go a little bit, well, posting much lift anyway. She does a lot of tutorial videos, et cetera. She's got a really good account if you guys are interested how to squat bench, whatever. She's an excellent coach. But in terms of her prep, if you go back a little bit, if she's hitting 210 in April, she's for the deadlift. That's 10 kilos more than her platform best. She's taking almost 10 kilos more on her platform best squat and doubling it. And then her bench press looks to have gone up around 12 and a half kilos, judging off of her prep. These videos are a little bit older, but that 477.5 nominated total is outdated. At least we know that. This battle, which on paper, if you're just judging on nominations, 492.5 versus 477.5, and you're thinking, wow, Team France, quite a bit ahead of Sweden in this one. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, I also want to touch base on, because I'm talking a bit, little bit about the bench press, and Joy, coming out of the U.S., uh, let me just pull this up here, 18 years old, and this is Joy Joy Fitness on Instagram, TikTok, absolutely blowing up in terms of her social media. Um, I'm sure everybody's heard of her, but coming in with a nominated 111 kilos for her bench press. Now, nominated the biggest bench press of the pack, despite being the youngest of the pack of all the 63s and the juniors. She is fresh into the juniors coming out of the sub-juniors. Yeah. Alba, yes, is at 117.5 in prep, but if you want to compare Joy, Joy in prep to this did 115 kilos. I think it was a little more closer to touch and go. This is the video that went relatively viral in powerlifting terms with Steffi Cohen giving her handoff. But if we compare this a little bit to the world championships, the bench press world championships in the open, 110 kilos won the gold medal. Joey's done 111 kilos on the platform. She's 18 and fresh in the juniors. She could have been, with that 111 kilos, an open world champion in the bench only. She's got a monstrous bench. I'm just trying to paint that picture. It's her versus Elba for the bench press gold medal. If Joey wants to go into the bench only, who knows what's going to happen. But for the foreseeable future, she's like a Chelsea Savage, so to speak, in terms of those bench goals okay. she could be racking up over the years in the juniors and conceivably into the open if we peek ahead. Just uh, had a look to see where the world record was in that class, and it's Carola Garrett just as the uh, junior world record as well as the open, 133. 
Good luck with that one. I mean, look at, <laughs> Joy's 18. She's a baby in this powerlifting and strength. You can hit your peak in your 30s. So it's way early. She can like, yeah, talk to me 15 years. And, maybe and she's I got four up, so. years to take any junior records she wants. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, so we'll see where she ends up peaking. But yeah, that would be the highlights uh, in terms of the 63s. It really is a one, two beyond that. Sweden, we got Ruiz, um, Italy in fourth position, not far off the podium possibility in Casera Granda, uh, the Netherlands as well with a 452.5 by Betty. So it's a, it'll be some good battles floating around the podium, mm -hmm. but definitely the highlights. And that's what we're focusing at is the highlights on this preview show is the top end, the battle between Alba and Ludovine. It's a good one, just like the 52s. So 69's next, and we have Samantha Eugenie and Anderina Bouchou. Now, Samantha Eugenie, we, we know her very well. She won last year. She was sub-junior world champion. She has the junior record deadlift, I think. Uh, but Anderina Bouchou, she has exactly the same uh, nominated total, 515.5. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe at the French Nationals. Um, and those are the results they got there. I think Andorina Bushu took the squat record uh, at that competition and Samantha Eugenie took the deadlift, the French national deadlift record. Um, so what's astonishing to me is Andorini, Andy, Ando, uh, she hasn't been out to international before um, she, and she's just hit the same total as a lifter of the calibre of Samantha Eugenie, who's been world champion, as a junior world champion. She's, I mean, she's not brand new. She's, she's been around for a while. But to hit that kind of total is phenomenal to, to match uh, Samantha. Um, but I haven't seen a lift. I haven't seen her at an international. So I don't know how consistent her lifts are. Um, I don't know how much pressure she's going to feel coming away to a, a big international for the first time and going up against someone of that standard as well. It's going to be quite uh, nerve-wracking difficult to keep your nerve and then we have Noemi Fanson from Italy she's got the junior squat world record she took the, the uh, euros last year with 508 so she's only seven kilos behind so I think that is too close to call right across France and Italy I think with Samantha Eugenie working with Joey Flex um, she's last year's 63 kilo junior world champion and she's she's got the opportunity to eat into this and grow into this and get bigger and bigger since then. I'm not sure where her body weight necessarily rests at, but I assume even since the French Nationals, she's only gotten bigger. Lifts have been going well. Um, you know, I see a 117.5 bench that she's hit. Uh that and and obviously when as you grow into a weight class, the bench press is gonna go up for you. Um, so it, it, there, there were some question marks around that. I mean, she's coming in with a nominated 110 bench. She's already hit 117.5, and that's a 17 point, or, or that's a 7.5 kilo jump just there on bench press alone. And that's some of the benefits that when you when you move up a weight class, yeah, it just gets it gets it takes time bench, to grow. Bench in particular goes up. Bench squat as squat, well. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes time yeah. to grow. So when French nationals came and they were very close. Let's see what happens now. I mean, uh, it it's it all depends on the day, as well as, and there's something you said for, just like Cammy in the 52s, 
Samantha Eugenie has won world titles in the juniors um, and, and done so. She's been at the world championships several times over. So she's used to the standard. She's used to the pressure. But also she was 67.8 at French nationals. So she was not cutting at all. Whereas uh, Andorina was 68.9, which suggests she had to cut into class. So that gives you the benefit of um, not having to cut is a, is a huge benefit. Even if you're only cutting a couple of kilos. Being able to eat up into classes is phenomenal. And I think that might give an advantage uh, going in. Especially when it comes to, you know, the ability to, when you're traveling and um, mm -hmm. it's those extra variables you don't have to worry about when you don't have to cut. And if you like the opportunity to load the bar and just see who wins it, we've talked about this before, Samantha Eugenie will have the last laugh in terms of this battle. Samantha Eugenie is going to be able, not even just that battle, but all the 69 kilo lifters, um, she'll be loading the bar last. Now she was pushed to the brink before and she might be pushed to the brink this time. And sometimes you could always push the big deadlifter to load too much and spill over just because you load the bar last doesn't mean you always hit it. Yeah. However, Absolutely. she will have that opportunity and uh, she's a special talent. It's going to be a good battle an all Fred's battle there at the top end. And uh, Noemi from Italy, not super far behind. It, it kind of depends on what she kind of brings that day. Also, Carlin Connor from the US, um, super young. I think she might be, she's the second or no, third or fourth youngest anyway. She's born in 2003, so 20 years old, got a lot of, you know, a few more years left in terms of the juniors. And she's a scrapper. She's putting on a lot of kilos quickly. I'm not saying she's going to contend and try to knock anyone off the podium, but definitely somebody you want to pay attention to because uh, she's in, in terms of an entertaining lifter, she's scrappy. She could scrap. She could fight like Penna for her squats in yeah. her deadlifts. Uh, yeah. And she's getting better and better at an, a very quick rate. So someone to keep an eye out for. And if somebody slips up, she might take your podium yeah. spot. And it's a great place to be going out. Is it a first international? I don't think I've seen a lift before. Um, it's a great experience being not quite at the top. So you don't have the pressure of battling for records or maybe the world title. But you're you're in the mix and you get the full experience. It's a phenomenal experience for a young lifter. Yeah, she's been at, she was at the last year's world. She's also at the PA oh, okay. uh, national. So she's been in the mix with big names, lots of viewership, et cetera. So she should be able to handle the pressure. And also she's traveled. She's dealt with this. She knows what to expect, which which is huge too. A little bit of experience goes a long way. Um, shall we move into the 76s? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so moving into the 76s, this is really, in terms of battles, this is more of a highlight of a particular lifter in Laura Matalin from France, defending junior world champion in the 76s. But the storyline here is a little different. Now, coming into the world championships of 2022, we were really speaking on Jessica Bittner, Agatha Shitko, and Carlina from New Zealand in terms of 76s, and just below them, conceivably, was Laura Matalin. We'd seen in the gym, she had posted, in terms of an SBD day, as high as 570. You know, and there was some hype if she could clean up a little bit of her lifts. Can she go even more than that on the platform? And this was the hype going into last year's World Championships. Now, last year's World Championships takes place, and she hits 555.5. Great total. Won the title less than she'd anticipated, missed a few lifts here and there, less than some people would have anticipated if you're buying into the hype. Fair enough, people have an off day. 
a year has rolled around. We have not seen that 570 replicated, nor the 555.5 even duplicated. We've seen 552.5. A little bit interested here. I'm not sure the full story. If you follow Laura, there's not a lot of lifting to see in terms of scouting. Previously, when all that hype was going down, again, we'd seen that 570 in the gym. We got a little taste for her top end strength. But this time around, there's there's less. There's more question marks around it. I'm not sure what to make. I don't know if last time it felt like, okay, I got a little hype, fell a little short of those expectations. Maybe this time I'm going to be a little more dark quiet. on that. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. and just and just see what happens on the platform. I don't know if she's dealing with injuries. I don't know what the full story is. She is the heavy favorite to retain her title. Still a phenomenal and special talent. But I do want to see if she's going to at least start encroaching on that upper echelon and start becoming, look at if somebody starts missing lifts because you're all fighting amongst each other, the big three with Carlina, Jess, and Agatha, you start missing lifts. Just started missing lifts because she's pulling big. I'm going to take your spot. I'm going to take your podium spot. Is Laura capable of applying that kind of pressure when she goes into the open? Because she'll be going soon. That's what we want to yeah, know. And, and when you can, when when those top three are in the open and they're only fighting amongst each other and they don't have to worry about fourth, fifth place sneaking up on them, you'll see some hero pulls at the end. But when you have to start defending your podium position, mm -hmm. it becomes a whole lot different. And that's when game day handling becomes a lot more integral and things get spicy. You know, it's, this is what makes powerlifting fun to watch when it's stacked beyond just the podium. People are fighting to stay on the podium. I want to see what Laura can do in terms of the storyline of the 76s. That really is the storyline here is Laura. What's interesting for me. In this class, though, is that uh, two of the lifters at the top, are uh, one's gone down a weight class and one's gone up. Jessica Kinney was um, bronze medalist in the 84s last year, and Agnes Rudin was bronze medalist in the 69s. So we have converging, um, two lifters converging from opposite weight classes, and they're right at the top of the 76s. Yeah, and if uh, that's a nice segue here, if we talk about Jessica for a second here, in U.S., great lifter, win nine for nine, not only nine for nine, 27 white lights, hitting 525.5. So obviously the shift to 76 has worked out for her. Uh, she feels strong, consistent. Sometimes when you make yeah. a cut like that, go down a weight class, you're not sure what to expect. When you go nine for nine, 27 white lights, well, then the experiment worked off well, huh? Let's see what she can do with it. Sometimes when you make a cut like that and you move into a new weight class, you find your bearings. She obviously calibrated and adjusted her attempt selection. Well, let's see if she can add on to that into her new weight class. Talking about Agnes Rudin from Sweden, moving up, like you said, from the 69 kilo class. And um, we could speak to this as well. So in the 69s, 2020, 2021 junior world champion had a monster bench press uh, the new bench rule came and greatly affected her bench press and greatly affected her total overall however in the 76 and looked to have stagnated a little bit in terms of her growth from a junior world champion with tons of potential to somewhat stagnated progress and some frustration at, after some of her competitions, trying to fix some things. Oh, by the way, a new bench rule comes in, and that only hampers her total because it hampers her bench press. Agnes decides, I'm moving up to the 76s. And at the Swedish Nationals, 
pulling up my notes here for a second. Bear with me. At Swedish Nationals, weighing in at 75.2, again, not having to cut, cut weight. 18 kilo jump on her squat. 18 kilos on one single lift. That's massive. Bench was 115. Now, previously, before the bench rules, weight class below, she hit 121. That's fine. The bench took a bit of a hit. On the flip side, 8 kilo jump on her deadlift, 21.5 kilo PR, and she doesn't have to cut weight. Former junior world champion in 69s, Agnes Rudin, jumping up to the 76s, and possibly has some room to grow here. Doesn't have to cut weight. The bench press... Not as high as it was before the bench rules, but not as low as it was when they first she came. She's still in. struggling. She's still struggling with elbow depth because I didn't see her lift in South Africa at the world bench, but I can see she only got one out of three. She missed one ten. She got one ten and then missed one fifteen. So I'm not sure what those fails were, but I'm wondering if it was elbow depth if she missed a rent there. Well, judging by uh, again, I'm I didn't see those lifts in particular. I'm looking at her inner training. It looks like she's hitting, but then on the platform, it's another deal. So yeah. that's a different variable, but yes, the elbow death, the, as soon as that rule came in, her bench dropped yeah. significantly to displace that. And then some is the move up in body weight. And it's actually some people, you don't get major gains when they move up or it takes time for her. It was almost immediate. I mean, that kind of kilos onto her squat alone is huge. And deadlift yeah. usually doesn't move huge. Eight kilo jump on her deadlift as well. So yeah. it was a proper adjustment move. In terms of the storylines, yes, Laura, in terms of the bigger picture, very interested as we as we just look at the highlights here. Very interested in what Laura can put together and if she can become a contender in the open. But, um, you know, USA's Jessica Kinney moving down, going nine for nine in the US. Let's see what she could do. Also a contender and Agnes Rudin. Let's see if she could fill out the 76s. And, and continue to approve upon. Okay. Now, the 84 kilo class is going to be, I mean, the 84 and the 84 plus is, are going to be the two that I'm glued to. We have Errol of John in the 84s. She's a phenomenal lifter. She had the biggest uh, deadlift in Britain until last week when someone else took it off her. Aquin Onoha. Um, Deadlifted 251 and took that uh, took that record from her. But um, Errol Love um, pulled 250 at the British Juniors this year. And, you know, she doesn't post her deadlift training. She doesn't post um, where she's up to on deadlift. I've seen quite a few squats. Um, she did a lovely 217 and a half squat this week. Um, but she's, she's keeping that deadlift uh, a top secret. Uh, but I think she's going to be uh, going for Amanda Lawrence's junior world record. It's sitting at 252 wow. right now. That's yeah. really close. And the 250 she did was back in April. She's had a fair bit of training under her belt um, to have a crack at that. I think the total world record is going to be a little bit out of reach. But Errol, she's got another year in the juniors, um, and she's already 562 and a half. She's uh, nominated at, and I think her squat's gone up. She's she, a bench isn't a best lift. She doesn't post a bench much, and she's keeping that deadlift secret weapon tucked away. Uh, don't know why that is at all, but I will be amazed if she doesn't at least have a crack at that deadlift world record. So it's it's a crazy huge deadlift. I mean, that's five hundred fifty one pounds, two hundred fifty kilos. Yeah, she squatted in training two twenty, uh, so it's definitely gone up from her nominated two ten. Yeah. 
so she we anticipate gains all around and yeah she doesn't post a lot of bench to your point i also noticed <laughs> that um kind of like a jessica bittner style lifter where big squat serviceable bench big deadlift yeah. and um they don't post a lot of benching, but her total is definitely going to go up. I don't know where that deadlift's going to be, but it's going to be something big, and we'll mm. see. Where, we'll see if she's where, taking uh, records or. Yeah, I, I, I really hope she at least has a crack at it. She's, she's easily capable of it. We've got a lot of big deadlifters coming out of the UK at the moment. Yeah, we've had, um, we've had a spate of it actually. Sophia Ellis uh, took the mantle from Temi Nuga, if I remember rightly, at last year's uh, British Women's. And then after that, it was batted around between Sophia and Ziana for a while, Ziana Azariah. And then I think Errolov took it and Ziana took it back and then Errolov had it. And now we've got a new contender, Aquin Onoha, who lifted at the Manchester Open last week um, at 2.51. Um, we're expecting Errolov to push it up again, but then Aquin is lifting at the Western Euros about a month later. So it's it's really exciting time for British powerlifting that these huge lifts are just being broken and battered around like crazy and we've got another brit actually in second uh, nominated in second in the eight fours melina irawa i lifted with her actually at the in kazakhstan at the um uh, world bench last year she's uh, she's a lovely lifter she's a big bencher she has the british record Errolov has a squat and uh, deadlift in total uh, melina has the bench record um it's her last year in the juniors as well I mean, it's always a shame for someone who's uh, at the top of their class in the country when what's possibly one of the best lifters of the generation is also in your class. So it kind of, while she would have normally, you know, been right at the top there and, and been doing great, she's been a little bit overshadowed by Errol Love, which is a shame because she's a phenomenal lifter. She's got a good squat. Um, I watched her training uh, this week. Uh, it didn't really give anything away as to where she was up to. She wasn't like pushing big numbers. So I don't think she's going to have made extraordinary leaps from that 538 she's got there. I expect her to push it on uh, 10 or so kilos, uh, a bit more, but I don't expect that she's going to be really challenging Errol Love unless something goes quite badly long uh, for Errol Love. And then we've got uh, Antara Jackson from the uh, USA. She's nominated for 480, but I noticed she did 497 last year. So that's a little bit of an undershot uh, nomination. But even so, probably not challenging first and second. Um, she's a fair way then ahead of Mina Holmfjord and Camilla Salvarani from Italy. This It's not too much, it's about 10 kilos between each of those nominations. So it only takes one lift to go particularly well or go bad lift someone and we could see a little bit of an upset in that class too. Of course, Agatha Shitko won uh, this class last year. I haven't seen much of her this year. She doesn't seem to be uh, doing a competition every week as she was. As she <laughs> to Only open year. world. Yeah. 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 I mean, she did great at open worlds, obviously taking a silver medal. Um, and her and Jess got that rivalry going now. Now that she's got yeah. one over on Jess. Uh, mm -hmm. Jess obviously beat her at last year's Worlds. And then uh, at Sheffield, she, yeah, she, Agatha uh, came in third in the Battle of the 76s. Now Agatha nudged ahead of Jess. At open, I mean, we got a rivalry here, but yeah. We really have. But Agatha hasn't won the Classic Worlds yet. It's one of the few things she hasn't won yet. She's won the uh, Open Equipped and she's won the World Games. Um, 
I've not seen her actually do a bench-only competition, but obviously she's got an incredible bench. She's got bench world records into weight classes. Um, but I'm not seeing a lot of training from her, and she's not competing all the time as she was last year. So I'm not sure if we've seen a bit of a shift in focus or what she's um, mainly focused on. I've not seen a lift in equipment for a while now. So I don't know if she's really focusing on classic or she's going to come back to equipped at some point. It's a shame if she didn't. She's the top-ranked equipped lifter in the IPF. So it would be a shame if she didn't um, come back to it. Also, I, I, she's probably waiting to see where that wild card from Sheffield lands. And Maybe. that'll probably dictate her future. I mean, she might be focusing on Euros and maybe that'll help sway if there's any wild cards open. If she really wants to make an impression, we've seen Euros be an event that can really sway opinions for an SBD in terms of that. So maybe yeah. she's like, we'll see. It's late though. It's late to be selecting for uh, Sheffield is in February this time, early February. And the yeah. Euros is December. Mm. So that would be... Might be a bit tight. Yeah, maybe. It'd be hard well, to get the selection at Euros and then really peak again for Sheffield. Yeah. We'll see. Two tell, months, that to, two months. tell that to the Americans. Well, that's all this is. We're getting off track here. We're going to get into <laughs> the Americans are never happy in terms of their scheduling with, you know, na their competitions in Sheffield. Um, anything more on the 84s or shall we move to the 84 plus? Uh, let's move on because Listus Ebercelli from Ireland, I think is going to be the performance of the women's classic competition. She, right. you saw a lift at Silent Worker Meet quite recently. It was insane. Um, she was shifting weights with absolute ease. Her squat, uh, I'm not to take any wind out of your sails. I know you want to talk about no. the four pluses, yeah. um, but her squat at Silent Worker, she did 230 and it, it moved so easy for her. And yeah, while in competition, in prep, sorry for this, she did 235 for a double. And this is yeah. so, it makes sense that 230 was super duper easy for a third attempt because, you know, a couple of weeks later, she's doubling 235 and it looked like it. Um, hit a PR deadlift, small PR deadlift in prep for this as well, uh, tying the, the bench press that she did at Silent Worker. But 140 at Silent Worker flew on her bench press as well. And there was yeah, no all lifts. Yeah. fly. It, it, it felt like she didn't even try at Silent Worker. Nine for nine, incredible. She total, her nominated total here is 545.5, but she did 595 at Silent Worker. And that's the progression because she did that 545 at Irish Nationals. And she put 50 kilos on it to go to Silent Worker like six months later. Well, it wasn't even six months later, was it? Yeah, and she sandbagged. I mean, the deadlift yeah. was fair enough. In, in her 227.5, she did in training for Junior Worlds, which is a PR, still with some work. Her deadlift actually, easy, yeah. yeah, her deadlift actually extends her lift. When she, when she squats, it always looks super easy, though. I'm not sure where her top end squat's going to be. I don't know if she knows where her top end squat's going to be. I don't think she will. She, she said um, the other day that she was just going to load up whatever it took. You know, whatever they bought and they'll load it up, she's going to squat it. Um, but 200 for eight as well, she squatted, which was so impressive. It's insane. 200 kilos, 441 pounds for a set of eight in prep for this. It's yeah. And insane. it didn't even look that hard. 235 for doubles. And of course, this is 84 plus. So there's no cutting, no, like that variable's yeah. out the window. Is it like, well, what is she? This is in prep. What it's going to be like when she, no, there is no cutting. It's so much easier. What was her body weight in prep? What's her body weight? Well, it doesn't, it can be the exact same as she likes. 
those variables aren't in place. So there's less question marks around it. Um, I think you're right. I think I'd be absolutely shocked if she doesn't enter into the 600 kilo, you know, total. Club. Oh, absolutely. 595 in front, like you say, was so easy. And that was a 230 squat. I wouldn't be surprised if she's got 250, 255. So the total world record is 615.5. She might be within range. And that's the total uh, world record that Leanne Hewitt set back in Killeen. That has stood for a very, very long time. It's 2016. I was there. Yeah. 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 Oh, bring back memories. That was my first year. Well, it was her squat record that um, the um, got broken at NAP. I think we're going to come on to that in a minute, though. So, so yeah, Lister's Emma Selling. She's my pick for the one to watch in all of the, uh, I mean, Love Arrow Love. I think she's going to do a brilliant deadlift, but I can't even imagine what Lister Sebsell is going to do. It's yeah, me neither. Um, she's definitely somebody watch for me, and I do have some stats that I can share with us. Some interesting statistics. Hey guys, do you like okay. statistics um, about the nominations here? If we're looking at the juniors, and then we'll also give some highlights for the sub juniors and some equipped as well. But just looking at the juniors here before we talk about anything else. I noticed a couple things. I got a little nosy here. Italy has five lifters nominated in the top three. Now we have nine weight classes because we have an extra weight class at the bottom. Please do keep that in mind. But Italy, five lifters nominated in the top three, eight lifters nominated in the top five, and two lifters that are nominated number one. That's in the 43s and 47s. That's interesting to me. Now, obviously, these are nominations. You take that with a grain of salt. But Italy usually isn't a nation that flubs their nominations and puts in phony nominations. That's not usually something we talk about when it comes to Team Italy. Some other nations do. But Italy is usually pretty based in terms of what they put forward. Italy really showing a very solid junior team in the women's, which indicates in years to come a possible powerhouse nation here as these ladies start progressing into the open. Team France, five lifters as well nominated in the top three. Five lifters nominated in the top five of their weight class. And three lifters, this is what splits it, three lifters of theirs nominated number one. And that could be, in all honesty, four lifters nominated number one. Because in the 52s, Cami is not the number one nomination. But if you look at actual 52 kilo totals, Team Libya put forward a total that was not done. Uh, we can find anywhere in open powerlifting. And not a 52. Joy doesn't have a 52 kilo total that's higher than Cami. So Cami probably should be the number one mm -hmm. nomination at 52. So this is where... Team Italy has the same amount of lifters that are nominated in the top three, but France has a lot of those lifters that are nominated in the gold medal position. And that's what really the difference is here, though. But can the difference start to shift as the years go by? Italy's starting to emerge a little bit, and that's exciting. It's good for the sport to have other nations starting to progress. Now, if you're wondering, because Team USA, a major powerhouse in the open Team USA has two nominated lifters in the, in the top three of their weight class, three lifters nominated in the top five of their weight class. Still solid. 
In the men's side, and we'll save that for the men's preview show, different story regarding Team USA and the other nations. Mm -hmm. But in the women's side, in the juniors anyways, Team USA, in terms of nominations, not number one, not my number two, looking, you know, falling behind a little bit. Now, in the recap show is what will really tell. What nominations were real, what nominations were slightly exaggerated, what nominations were undershot, and who overperformed, who underperformed, because once once that, you know, the iron starts shifting, things start changing, right? So uh, I just thought those statistics were a little bit interesting, and it looks like as we head into this, it's Team Italy versus Team France uh, for the number one spot, and we'll see how it all shakes up. Can I just mention a couple of sub juniors that I think are worthy of note? The in the eight four plus class, we have Chelsea Enamore and Luella Bowden. Now Chelsea's nominated ahead of five forty, and Luella's nominated with five thirty, but she just did five eighty two and a half to the North Americans about a week ago, I think. Um, she took uh, Leanne Hewitt's uh, squat record, the junior and sub junior record, two sixty five. Um, and it, she's put up an absolutely phenomenal total there. But it was only about a week ago. So she has maxed uh, maxed herself out there at 265 on a squat, which is absolutely incredible. But she's got about a two-week turnaround and a flight to Europe to perform that again at the World Championships. So as phenomenal as her lifting was, I'm not sure how much of that she's going to be able to bring to another meet Two weeks later, mm. sub junior recovery is fast, right? Wolverine fast, Wolverine fast. Also, another sub junior keep your eyes on in the women's side, Julie Kostian of Finland in the 63s, nominated with a 410. Now, if you're asking in the sub juniors, 63s, how good is 410? Well, 410 in terms of nominations would put her as the number one nomination, a weight class up at 69. As a matter of fact, it would put her number one nomination two weight classes up at 76. You would have to go all the way up to the 84s to find nominations bigger than her. So definitely want to keep an eyeball on her. It's worth mentioning as well that the British lifter Sky Moore is, isn't that far behind. And as you said, she's on 388.5, which is higher than any of the nominations in the Subgenius 69s. So Sky yeah, Moore is improving fast and she might well challenge for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sky Moore in terms of nominations, again, we know things can change day of, would be nominated second as a 76, and she's a 63. So yeah, the 63, in terms of highlights, and this is the highlight show for Junior Worlds, if you're wondering what battles should I be paying paying attention to, what lifters should I be paying attention to, and um, what are some of the different sessions I should be seeing, 63s in terms of the sub juniors we got some talent here and we're gonna have to see how they develop into the juniors and then further along the way into the open and did you have any equip notes you wanted to add there did you already sprinkle those in as we went well i I did a little bit to be honest but i think it's worth noting that the uh, filipino ladies jesse may tabuan and veronica onpod they were nominated like second and third in the classic they're both nominated in first place in the equipped um, Jess, mm. Jess and May won the Asians um, not that long ago. Asian Equipped was um, 
it's a couple of months ago now, actually. Um, and I haven't seen Veronica. She was at the 2021 uh, Worlds, but I haven't seen her since then. Um, but those two look set to take home gold medals in the 43 and um, 47s. In the 52s, we've got um, an Indian lady that I've not seen before. It's really hard to get any information out there. We don't have a lot of powerlifting India's results. We're working on that. We're starting to get some in, but we, we are missing a lot of results on open powerlifting. So we, we don't tend to be able to scout the uh, Indian lifters very well. Um, but Maria Polianski from Ukraine, right behind her, she was a junior world champion at Halmstad. She won some juniors in Regina. Um, I think, it, 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 I know she's a good lifter. I know she's a solid lifter and consistent. So I think even though she's nominated second, I think she could be well on her way there. Um, with the rest of them, the it, juniors and sub-juniors are always hard because they're, they're moving through the classes really quickly. But Emily Finnan, she... She took the silver medal, actually, at Open Worlds in Viborg last year. So as her last year in the juniors, um, she's coming into this knowing that she's a contender in the uh, Open as well, which is fantastic. She's nominated for 540 and 63s, and I'd be amazed if she doesn't walk it. She's a, she's a great lifter. Um, yeah, I'm not uh, hugely familiar with a lot of the other lifters. Actually, um, 76 kilo class. We have last year's 69 kilo world champion, Julianne Sletnis. She's gone up a class and she's taken the fight to Eleonora Pontoni, uh, who was last year's 76 kilo world champion. So they're Ooh. nominated really close together. So we're going to have world champion versus world champion in that class, which would be. Yeah. I love when you have world champion versus world champion. Yeah. Have like a super fight showdown. Good stuff. All right. Well, okay. listen. That pretty much wraps it up for the women's sub junior junior preview show um, with some other little tidbits in there. Please do subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, give us your feedback and your stories. Tag us. We'll repost and make sure you check out the men's sub junior junior preview show as well. Until next time from Joe Whiteley and six pack lab at six up and we are out.